0: Welcome to another
1: episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg and today I'm delighted to welcome a very accomplished marketing guru, an educator and a professional from Jaipur, India, Dr. Anurag Dugar. Anurag, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much. Nice having you.
1: Thank you. Uh, Anurag is a marketing and a branding professor, he's a trainer, and he's a coach. So Anurag, before we start talking marketing and branding, tell me about your own journey in brief. All right.
2: Uh, I was as confused as anyone when I was in graduation. So started with, uh, I'm from Rajasthan, by the way. So started with the regular chartered accountancy course, dropped out. Thought that it's too much of accounting. I don't like numbers so much. So then I thought I'll do CA or no, ICWA. It is less number probably. That was the understanding, but I was wrong. Left that out. I joined uh, uh, CS as well because it's more theoretical law and other stuff. But then I realized it is too much theory. As confused as anybody mm-hmm. could be. Mm-hmm. So finally, what most confused people do in India, I did MBA, and uh, in '98. And since then I have been working. Uh, First, I was into industry. And then just by sheer chance, I got into teaching. Mm
0: -hmm. And I
2: loved it so much, uh, because I was not liking industry. And interestingly, even I went to a university counseling center. And I asked that old lady uh, there that I've done MBA marketing, but I don't want to do marketing. So she said, I mean, you know, which shirt you don't want to wear, but you don't know which shirt you want to wear. Mm. So I was, I mean, fortunate enough, but lucky enough, very lucky rather that i got into a profession, which I started loving, liking. And since 2001, I've been into teaching. I was never a good student, uh, never appeared in CAT because I knew the result beforehand. Hmm. So I put IMs at a very high pedestal hmm. and I was always wondering Udar, what would they do? Philip though I'm also teaching here. What would they do? What would they do? I got a chance uh, to uh, go into I am Bangalore as a teaching assistant. And that was a one, wonderful opportunity, although very risky. When I still remember when I was did in that interview for the teaching associate position. And they were surprised that a person of my age with a family already settled in Jaipur with a home loan going on, with a car loan going on, wife's job, joint family. And why would I want to leave and come to I am Bangalore? But I was so damn curious that what do they do there? And why is it so different? So I said, uh, I mean, I still remember my answer. I said, sir, if you want to reject me for knowledge, please go ahead and do. But please do not reject me for all these reasons that I'm earning a lot at my hometown. How will I survive in Bangalore? I'll sell my car, I'll sell my home. But I want to come and be in this institute just to see what do you do? And so probably they liked all that. And and they didn't believe interestingly, they are in during the interview, they asked me, get your salary slip, we don't believe that somebody who's earning so much will come for a TA position. And I came out and during that time, I was working in an organization where uh, salary slips were accessible only to the employee and to the boss.
0: Hmm.
2: Of course, I didn't tell my boss that I'm sitting in an interview, I called her and I said, ma'am, I took a leave saying something else. Now I'm sitting in an interview at I'm Bangalore and the whole thing rests on this salary slip. And I want you to get a salary slip and mail it to me.
0: Mm.
2: And she was like, Anurag, you are calling your boss and you're sitting in another interview. But she was helpful enough. She sent me the salary slip and I gave it to them. And this probably selected me. And I am Bangalore was the turning point. Okay, I was there for one year. And uh, I often use this example to explain the feeling there. Mm. So the day I was sitting in the classes with the student, because I was assisting helping uh, some uh, differently abled students, because they could not write or they could not listen. So I was mm. taking their note. So during the day, I was attending classes. And during the evening, or whenever I had no class, I was assisting the professor. So it was like both the ends I was watching. Mm. And uh, learning from those mentors there, those amazing professors there, uh, it was like, you know, watching Sachin Tendulkar bet from the non-striker's end. I'm borrowing mm. answer, I mean statement. Mm. So nothing, Nothing better could be there for a faculty, right, who's into management education that you work with the professors. And you work with the and Bangalore students as mm-hmm. well. So you learn both the things. Correct. And that was the turning point. And then uh, I got into I am Shillong and I was there for six years. It was a wonderful journey at Shillong. And, uh, but I'm not very comfortable with slow paced things. And government institutes, government organizations are usually like that. So then I realized that this is not meant for me. So I left I am um, Shilong for a private job and which people around in my career, they say that it is a Harakiri uh, I, you are one of the best professors at a best institute and you're leaving that. Mm. And then I joined Goa Institute of Management, which in my experience of around 20 years in academics, management education is the best. Institute, mm-hmm. it's the best institute, best place to be as a management faculty. I understand. So I was 100%. working there. And last, instant, last year, I mean, last four months, I've been doing an experiment. Uh, I'm on a leave for one year because I thought I would love to travel and teach. So uh, I'm traveling and teaching and being with my family. So I'm not on job, but I'm mm, teaching at various institutes like yeah. Master's Union, I'm T Nagpur, I'm Sambalpur and so on.
1: Wonderful. wonderful. So let me ask you a few questions now relating to marketing and branding. Sure. Um, how would you uh, define branding in today's digital age?
2: I believe this thing that in digital age, uh, things have changed. But if you look at a brand, and I mean, I'm sharing my views. Mm-hmm. So you might disagree, the audience might disagree but I believe that the core of marketing, branding, everything remains the same. Mm -hmm. It is just that the platforms are changing and the ability to do certain things are getting added. The core remains the same. Mm -hmm. So if I go back like 100 years back, uh, say when Coca-Cola was launched in 1880s, or, uh, you know, Colgate was launched, Mm -hmm. or probably after 100 years, now 200 years, The core of branding that you do thousand small things right every day, every time, still remains the same. Mm -hmm. Just that I was doing in the offline world. Now I'm doing in the online world. Correct. And I believe digital is just another platform. I believe when TV would have been launched, a similar hype would have been there. Things would have changed just like print, for example. Hmm. So now, I believe the brand branding remains the same. It is the promise that you make to the customer and fulfill it every single time, over and over again.
0: Hmm.
2: That remains even true in branding. Okay. So even talk of brands like Amazon, who have online presence, mostly online presence, even they would do the same things. Right, do small things right, fulfill hmm. the promise that you have made, make a difference. That's it. That's that's my view. Fair
1: enough. Great response. Uh, And what are some of the common misconceptions that you have come across when it comes to branding?
2: Oh, one of my favorite ones, because I teach so many students. And nowadays, many students are starting their own ventures. And I say this in the class, that these, uh, you know, young guys are very intelligent, they are very resourceful with internet and chat, GPT and all that. Hmm. However, they are in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And uh, this rush, uh, this probably adrenaline rush, or just to you know make a mark, that feeling, that excitement, exuberance, youthful exuberance.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They straight away, you know, they'll find a need that they want to f- uh, you know serve, or right. a gap in the market, and they straight away go to you know, uh, sir, naam hai, interesting sir, logo hai, and let us just get into the market and do it and make it big. Whereas I believe the biggest mistake that brand managers, brand owners can ever do is not planning before launching. So Hmm. planning for the brand, not for the business. Of course, you do that, but planning for the brand. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: For example, I I would be consulting or training or mentoring or coaching these startups and rarely have come across anybody who would have said, sir, this is the need that I want to fulfill. Fine, fair enough. Market, there's a gap. But my brand's personality should be like this, that it should be you know uh, a decent friend to the customer. They Mm. won't plan like that. Mm. They'll go to, sir, name book. This this name looks good, sir. We, We make a logo, sir. We use this color. So visual appeal of the brand and the love of action with these young guys actually stops them or probably they don't look at the boring stuff, the planning stuff. And without planning, when you launch the brand, chances are you will make mistake because today, the brand will use X tone. Tomorrow, the brand will use Y tone. And that inconsistency, Mm. let the brand, you know,
1: become the brand that you want. Mm. Well said. And what would you say are some of the essential elements to consider when developing a brand strategy?
2: So, uh, I have thought a lot about this, that how to conceptualize a brand Mm. in my opinion, or the the way that I tell, uh, you know, these organizations is, uh, you know, right from thinking about the vision to your, you know, vision, mission and core values, philosophy, those things, Mm. then doing the segmentation, targeting, positioning, revisit it once again. Mm. And then do what are your other brands, other businesses, what this brand would be in future plan for those things. Mm. Then you make strategy for, okay, fine. How many touch points we will have? What will happen at each touch point? What will the consumer feel there? What will the consumer understand there? And what? how are we going to execute it? And then you go into execution where you, you know, the design part and then the management part. After the launch, you manage the brand.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But three stages before launching. One is the research of your own, uh, you know, from vision to your purpose and all that. Mm-hmm. The second is making strategy about brand personality, brand positioning, everything, mm-hmm. creating brand briefs, creating creative briefs. Everything should be ready before we get into the, you know, launch phase.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Then we launch the brand and then we take it forward. The homework must be done. You cannot avoid the homework.
0: Hmm,
1: I understand. The other question that I had Anurag was that, you know, there are some brands that last 100 years, yes. you gave the example of Coca Cola, for example. And there are some brands that die within a few years. Right. What are these brands that survive 100 years doing right?
2: I remember reading a 2018 article, probably, and uh, in, in Harvard Business Review, and the article was titled very interestingly, that article was titled, uh, somewhere on, on these lines that forget brand loyalty, think of brand relevance. Mm. So if, in one word, if I have to answer, it's relevance. Mm. So how do I keep my brand relevant in consumers lives? I somehow believe and probably because I'm a bit old school, I believe the older brands were into that because Mm. uh, in those days, brand building took a lot of time. Mm. And then they realized that, you know, that if we have invested so much, we have worked hard, uh, and you have created a brand, Mm. keep it relevant for the consumer, and then the brand would just go on and on and on. For Mm. example, Colgate, I think 1811, it was launched. Mm -hmm. Coca-Cola, as we discussed, 1886 and Pepsi, 1911. Mm. So these brands have somehow managed to keep themselves relevant in consumers' lives. If
0: that
2: is not relevant, of course, I will not consider and it will fade away. Mm. But one very interesting thing that I have noticed these days, and the other day I was talking to some of the students about this. In this era, you have certain brands which are in this era, you can make brands very quickly. For example, let us look at nothing as a brand, nothing phone, right? OnePlus, even OnePlus for that matter. Mm. Nokia would have taken probably 20 years or 10 years to reach a particular level. OnePlus did that in two years.
0: Mm.
2: Nothing did it in one year. Mm. Threads, GPT, these these are brands and they have grown so quickly. Okay. But if, interestingly, if you look at them, they, they fizzle out very quickly as well. Yeah. So I often wonder how my students would manage within this setting where brands emerge as very big and then they fizzle out very quickly as well. Mm. Mm. But, but I believe in your days, probably, or probably when I started my career, of course, you are way much more experienced than me. Things would take time and Absolutely. then right? now I can make a brand very quickly. Yeah. But
1: and as I you think. said, you make a brand fast. Some will survive, but a large large number of them may not survive. Yes,
0: yes, but, I believe so.
1: Yeah. But my next question, argue is that what is the role of consumer perception uh, in the success or failure of a brand? One I is mean, perception, one is experience. Yes. So let
2: us talk of perception uh, first, because I believe it is more important. Correct. Uh, In my 25 years of being into marketing, preaching and practicing marketing, I have learned that there is no bigger lesson than perception is reality. The consumer believes or perceives your brand is good. It's Mm. good. If your consumer perceives your brand is not good, it's not good, period. Mm. And changing that perception is very difficult. You require a lot of time, resources, manpower, energy, money, etc., etc., And so perception is reality is the biggest lesson that a marketer can ever learn, whatever the consumer thinks he or she is right, Right. And now is with smartphones, the internet connection, they can make others believe that too, very quickly. Hmm. I believe perception is very, very important. And that is why I once again, would like to go to the first point that we discussed, hmm. if you will not plan for the brand properly, hmm you might make mistake in creating perceptions. Mm. And then changing those perceptions is like, is so difficult. Is yeah. so difficult. Tata Motors, they have been, you know, to shed the perception of being a taxi car by, when Indica and Indigo were there. And, you know, they were struggling big time to change that perception, they have been working so hard for last 10-15 years, and now we see a different data motors.
1: Mm. Well said, absolutely right. It's a great example. But the other question that I also wanted to ask you uh, was that, and we've often seen brands uh, reach a stage when they face a crisis. Uh-huh. You know, We saw Maggie go through that. Um, and we've seen many brands across the world. How should brands react when their reputation is at stake
2: so reputation management it, it has become such a you know uh, uh, a big thing these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, many good B schools already run a course on reputation management mm-hmm. and they touch upon how to handle reputation crisis mm-hmm. uh, but I I also in my I mean whatever I know uh, there is no formula I believe there is no formula at all. Let us look at the Maggie case that you said. Mm-hmm. In 2003, Coke, Pepsi, and Cadbury's Dairy Milk all suffered a big blow, or they were in a similar position. Mm-hmm. Pesticides were found in Coke and Pepsi, and uh, worms were found in Dairy Milk, and that was around Diwali time, so big season for Cadbury's. But then 2003 was a landmark year in this in this you know uh, whole domain of reputation management. The way Cadbury's dealt with it. And the way Pepsi dealt with it and the way Coke dealt with it
0: Mm
2: -hmm. are, you know, interesting case studies because they have differences as well as similarities. So there's no formula as such. Mm -hmm. On the contrary, if you look at the Maggie case, similar type of thing where lead was found or Mm -hmm. some other things Mm -hmm. were found uh, in Maggie, but Maggie's reaction was entirely different. right? While Coke, Pepsi, and uh, Cadbury's went into the defensive, they went into explaining to people why they are correct and why uh, you know they are improving, etc., etc. Maggie was absolutely silent because consumers themselves were not believing that what's happened happened. Right. So interestingly, I remember uh, listening to the speech of then uh, Pepsi CMO. Uh, he said that uh, Cadbury's took Amitabh Bachchan for their reputation management or to deal with the reputation crisis that they had. Uh, and uh, Pepsi, uh, Coca-Cola took Amir Khan. So when these two celebrities were roped in, one reason that they didn't rope in the celebrity was that everything would look so similar. Mm-hmm. So because of that, they roped in their CEO himself. And the CEO came on TV and said, Pepsi is safe, i and all that. My Pepsi and all that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I think the strategy is, have their own similarities and they have their own differences. But mm. you need to know which one to use when. So mm. I don't think there is a formula that if there is this crisis, you do this. I think it has a lot to do with uh, how your brand is positioned in consumer's head. So well, Maggie said. interestingly never said a thing. They were mm. absolutely silent and absolutely. people were talking about it. Maggie, kabaygi, Maggie, kabaygi, mm. Maggie
1: well said, well said. So I have time for two more questions for you. My next question is, what trends do you see uh, branding going through in the next few years, given the uh, onset of so much technology?
2: Uh, I just believe that uh, with technology, uh, if you use your head and heart properly, only then you can harness the power of technology. Mm. Otherwise, we will keep seeing goof ups that happen all the time. Mm. I'm pretty sure that you would be getting SMSs at two o'clock in the night saying, "Buy a two BHK flat, golden chance."
0: Mm.
2: These are market is
0: right. Mm.
2: So you have technology, you can reach to the right people. You know, you can reach the right doors, as they say. But I believe if we do not use our hearts and heads properly along with technology, I think we'll make more mistakes. So I, what I see as trend that you asked is some brands using it very nicely, but most brands faltering on this. So just joining the rat race of technology, I think brands would make more mistakes than, you know, they gain out of it. Because uh, I go to various B-schools and one thing that is happening at B-schools at a very big extent, I would say, is that we are injecting young minds to that, to, to you know, with the fact that with technology, anything is possible, with numbers, anything is possible. I am mm-hmm. I differ with that because I believe that you need logic, fine, so technology and uh, data would help, but mm-hmm. you also need magic if not you know connecting with people on heart to heart basis mm-hmm. then technology can only take you to the right door but once the door would open the story would sell mm-hmm. so if you're not good at the story so my, i see brands doing making much more many much more mistakes mm-hmm. uh, than they were doing uh, because they are in rush uh, rush to use technology, they are in rush to capture data. Have you noticed this very interesting phenomena, you go to whichever store, mm-hmm. be it a restaurant or a uh, barber shop. the first thing, sir, aapka number mm-hmm. And I believe marketing gets defeated there without solving customers, problem. sir, aapka yeah. number So mm-hmm. mujhe is lagta hai that errors jada hungi because we are not, you know, thinking. Correct.
0: Mm. correct,
1: Very true. And my last question to you, uh, Anurag, and this is uh, for the many, many people who will listen to our conversation, a lot of young people listen to our conversation, a lot of them are young professionals, to get an opportunity to listen to you is something very, very unique for them also. Based on all your vast experience, what would you say are three lessons uh, relating to marketing and branding? you would want our viewers and listeners to take away.
2: Alright, so the uh, the first one would be this, that while it is good that you have technology, mm. while it's good that you have the ability to capture data and make customized offering, customized messages, all that sounds very good. Mm. But if you don't have your heart in the right place, then you are just another seller.
0: Mm.
2: Sales is very different from marketing. Mm. So, you would be another interfering seller mm. and not a good marketer because right. you so be careful about that your job as a marketer is to help people and not to trouble them with the tools that mm. you have mm. that is the first thing that i want to uh, yeah. the youngster second is uh do the boring stuff mm. uh, don't hesitate or don't shy away from the boring stuff mm. i have many youngsters who would, you know, who don't like to discuss things in detail, and their orientation is, I believe karte, 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 mm.
0: really,
2: with brands, you cannot take those chances. Right. There are certain things where this approach is fine. Mm. But with brands, you should be very careful. Do your homework, discuss in detail think a lot. And uh, the third point is, uh, be humble.
0: Mm.
2: Uh, as a you are fortunate enough that you have so many tools these days resources these days but then customer is the king and it is not said for the sake of saying you need to believe in that right whether i mean you need to believe in that you need to stay humble and Mm open-minded you cannot afford to be arrogant which mm-hmm. i believe many marketers these days i come across you know they 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 believe that with technology with data i can do anything mm-hmm. and i would uh, request them to read about the failed products of apple and google and you know the the cemeteries full of failed products from the companies who are probably the best of marketers even coca cola right correct,
1: correct. great yeah. response and on that note anurag and your three wonderful lessons first one was technology is good, but your heart must be in the right place. Be a marketer and not a seller. Second, you said was do the boring stuff, which is so important. And as someone who spent so many years at work, I find a lot of young people get bored with the boring stuff. So you're so right. And third one, which you said was be humble. Thank you so much for speaking to me about your own amazing journey. I mean, you know, I'm so amazed at how many times you took a decision to say, This is not for me, but I'm going to try something new. I loved your story at IAM Bangalore as a teaching assistant and how from there, as they say, the rest is history. Thank you for talking to me about so many different aspects of marketing and branding. Thank you again and good luck. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You, videocast and podcast. A platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom